Welcome into Honorado and Bagnardi, the launch on News Channel 13's social handles, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. You're watching Chris Honorado and Sean Bagnardi, a new venture bags for us at Channel 13 into the digital world with a little bit of sports talk. How are you, brother? I'm good, man. Do you know how I know this is a new era for us? I've got preparation. I've got notes, man. I'm ready to go. There is all, there is a first time for everything, people. Let me tell you, if you're watching us uh, on My4 as well, this is where you find us uh, on Saturdays on My4. Bags, we've got a lot to get to here today because the countdown, I know how much you love all of the mock drafts around the NFL draft. The countdown, though, now is officially on. We're inside a week until the first round when we're going to see at least a handful of quarterbacks go in the first round. We had an incredible night Wednesday night in New York with Ian Anderson and Kevin Herter, two guys from Shen playing for franchises in the same city and then balling out in the Big Apple. And we've got a brand new lacrosse team, professional lacrosse team in the Capital Region. We're going to talk with Albany Firewolves team president George Manius on today's show. Bags, let's get it going. This is Honorado and Bagnardi, brought, brought to you, to you by, by Elkin House. All right, Bags, we are brought to you by Alpen House. Our thanks to all of our sponsors here on Honorado and Bagnardi for supporting us along the way. And now as we dive into the News Channel 13 social and my four uh, venture here as well. All right, Bags, let's talk about, and we've got people to thank along the way, and we will certainly do that for getting this show up and running. Okay. But let's get into the NFL draft here. You know I love mock drafts. Yeah. I know you hate them. Hey. First, explain to the people why you don't like NFL mock drafts. Nice mug, by the way. Yeah, thank you. I want to get another look at that? Uh, first of all, you're right, man. We do have to thank so many people. Um, how about that open they created for us? Holy cow. Do you feel like there's some pressure now? Like we have to live up to the production value of that open? Because I'm kind of feeling that. So here's my spiel on mock drafts, man. To me, they're kind of like election polls, right? They make you feel like you have a sense of what's coming. And then the event comes, the election or the draft. And then what happens, Chris? It, it all goes out the window. Everything mm. you thought you knew goes out the window. So I know you love these things. Look, I do enjoy a little bit. And I got to be honest with you, I got into this a little bit last night going through these different mock drafts in preparation for today. And I started thinking, oh, boy, is could Chris be right about this? Could Chris be right? Of course he um, could. So I'm not ready to go there yet. But no, that's that's my feeling on these things is like we make all these predictions, all of these mock drafts, and then we get to draft day and everything goes out the window. So it's like, really, what? really was the point of all of that you know what I mean but it is fun I'll give you that not everything goes out the window here's what we here's what I think we know we, that should be a segment here's what I think we know okay okay here's what I know if the draft is Thursday April 29th Friday April 30th is when we're going to start talking about the next draft that's part of the problem I have with the draft too okay no we're going to be talk bags we're going to be talking about all the quarterbacks 
that went in the first round. The record number for quarterbacks to go in the first round of an NFL draft is six. 1983, everybody knows the guys in that draft from Elway to Marino to, to Jim Kelly and beyond. Six. Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper from ESPN, Shawnee, believe that we're going to see five quarterbacks go in this first round. Yeah. And five quarterbacks bags in the top nine picks. So here you go. No surprise at the top, right? Right. Kuyper and McShay comboed. They teamed up for this one. Oh, and God. that's what we need. Let's let's team up for the mock draft that they'll probably be wrong in the end. It's not going to be. Listen, those top two picks are are absolutely correct. They're rock solid. Yep. Now, that's not shattering any glass ceilings here I, in the prediction world. I get that. But here's an interesting wrinkle. And this is Kuiper saying the Niners take Justin Fields. The, the buzz has been that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch moved up to three to get Mac Jones from Alabama. They went to his pro day, Mac Jones's, instead of Justin Fields. And everybody said, well, obviously they're taking the kid from Alabama. Yep. What does Ohio State do? Ohio State counters. They create another pro day for Justin Fields. Kyle Shanahan, the head coach of the 49ers, is there. And now I think a lot of people are thinking, well, Fields is the more athletic, more gifted quarterback. That's where San Francisco will land. So that three is a wrinkle here because – if it's Jones, that changes things. If it's Fields, that certainly changes things. But feel like they're definitely keeping this pick and they are taking a quarterback. That no question. Like, that is sort of ironed itself out if there was any question about that, right? Now it just comes down to which one. So I'll ask you, which one do you think is better? Because for me, it's honestly a coin flip between Jones and Fields. Each one brings different things. Uh, I don't know, man. Who, who would you take there if you're the Niners? I would take Fields. Okay. I would take Fields just because of his talents as a quarterback, his mobility as a quarterback. I, I would I would definitely take Justin Fields Does there. Does he play? Does he play this season? Yes. He, he's in all the way. He's your starter day one? Yeah, I think they're paying Garoppolo too much money. They'd have to figure out something to do with him. Here's an element to the show, everybody, that we absolutely love being on social media is bringing in some of your comments. So as you're watching, whether you're on Facebook or Twitter, shoot a comment to us, ask a, ask us a question, and we're gonna we're gonna definitely respond. John Conlon, let's talk about another wreck of a young quarterback. The Jets are about to ruin Zach Wilson. What do you think about the second pick here, Bags? You are a Jets fan. You yeah. like the pick here because you know it's gonna be Wilson from BYU. Yeah, look, the Jets made this pretty clear when they moved Darnold, and, and since then they've made it clear that Wilson's going to be the guy here. Look, I've got questions about you know his ability to compete against elite talent, which I, you know I, the NFL I think is filled with some elite talent. Uh, so yeah, look, I'm kind of with John here in that I'm worried about. I feel like we just went through this as a Jets fan. We just had our guy of the future, and then all of a sudden he's not the guy of the future, and we need a new guy of the future. And I don't know, man, like a lot of quarterbacks. I looked this up yesterday, man, and you know this. We've been through this on the show before, but like who are the best quarterbacks in the league right now, right? It's Mahomes, it's Rodgers, it's Brady, right? Those are fair. Look at where those guys went in their respective drafts. And I understand you've had good high picks who have panned out. We've had a couple who haven't, certainly at the quarterback position. But when you look at it, I mean, Brady, of course, is the ultimate outlier, 199th overall, right? Okay, 
Rodgers, you know this. He's your guy at the Packers. Fell to 24th overall. Mahomes was 10th. Even Drew Brees, I know, just retired 32nd overall. Like, so you can have all these quarterbacks, but at the end of the day, it's really a crapshoot until these guys get in the NFL, right? And as a Jets fan, yeah, you want to use that number two pick to take the most important position, right? You want to fill that. You you say it; it's the most important position in sports. I don't know. I entirely agree with that. But so you want to fill that. I understand that, right, man? But I worry about this pick for the Jets. And by the oh. way, one more thing: my my prediction of. Uh, or my my urging the Jets to go for uh, Deshaun Watson has not aged well since I no. made that push. Yeah. No, the the Texans are not going to get what they expected in return for Deshaun yeah. Watson. Yeah. I hate to support your argument, but I'm going to here. Oh, good. This is from Pro Football Talk, an NBC uh, property w- with the NFL bags. Twenty two quarterbacks selected in the first round between 2009 and 2016. So the guys 2017 and later, they're not part of this conversation because they're still under the rookie contract, okay? So teams obviously still have that, unless you're a Trubisky or somebody like that. 22 quarterbacks selected in the first round from 09 to 16. None of them are on their original team. A seven, eight-year span, none of those quarterbacks selected in the first round stuck with the team that drafted them. This show's going to get real boring if you just keep agreeing with me. Uh, <laughs> well, you know that's not going to happen. Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, so can you throw the board up again? Because here's where it gets really interesting for me is at number four with Atlanta. And I'm seeing this a lot, too, with, with this Kyle Pitts pick. This seems to be where they're going to go. My question is, shouldn't we really have another quarterback here? Chris, Matt Ryan, right? He's quarterback of the, the Atlanta yep. Falcons. He's yep. five years old. Yep, he's got a few years left on the contract. To me, if you're going to go Kyle Pitts here, you're thinking we'll we'll put him with Julio Jones. We're going to this is a win now kind of pick, or a win in the very near future kind of pick. If we're going to sort of build around or continue to build with the offense with Matt Ryan, but for me, man, like where is this team? Though I mean, they're not competing with with Tampa Bay certainly in that division, right? So. To me, shouldn't they be looking to take a quarterback here? Could we take yes, you know, if Fields if Fields goes? Could we see Jones at four and just have one through four be quarterbacks? Could, but but if the Falcons, you have to respect this. If the Falcons don't love anybody beyond Lawrence Wilson and Fields, then then you don't rush to get a quarterback. Maybe you take a guy like Kyle Trask from Florida in the second or third round. Maybe you wait until day two to get your QB that you'll let him compete a little bit in training camp. You know Matt Ryan's the quarterback of the Falcons next year anyway. Almost doesn't matter who you draft this year. Right. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna appreciate the patience um, of Atlanta here if they don't rush to simply get a quarterback because that's the trend of 2021 is to get a quarterback. I mean, look at this five guys in the top nine. And how about Kuiper and McShay thinking that Belichick might actually be aggressive trading up to get a QB up to nine, up to seven, excuse me, to get Mac Jones. Yeah. I, I always worry about Belichick period. Um, but certainly in a draft, you wonder 
you know, he's he's got stuff going behind the scenes and he's he's going to move up, I think. And I, and if it's a quarterback, that, that probably makes sense. But I always worry about him in a draft. That is one thing I'll be watching is where the Patriots end up selecting. Now, another thing of interest here is the Bengals and kind of like the Bengals are one of those teams. You know, they've got their quarterback right with Burrow. So yep. now the question becomes, do you protect him or do mm-hmm. you give him a weapon? Right. And that to me, that's kind of a position that the Giants might wind up being in is like, do you take a lineman to protect Daniel Jones or do you try to get the best available receiver to you on the board? Uh, This obviously what you're looking at here, they've got Sewell going going to the Bengals, a tackle there to protect him. And then Jamar Chase would go next. If you're the Bengals, are you in the same boat there with protecting Burrow instead of giving him a weapon? Yeah, I'm drafting. I'm drafting somebody here, especially if Sewell and Slater from Northwestern are both on the board at five. One of them is is sure to be there. I would I would absolutely take somebody to protect my franchise quarterback. And there are guys in free agency. You saw the Chiefs cut a couple of guys. Eric Fisher is a tackle of note uh, that maybe Cincinnati looks at in bringing somebody a veteran in. But I I would I would go O line here to protect Burrow. I can find receivers later in the draft that can be impact guys, especially with a talented QB like Burrow. And Nick says, yeah, Bengals may go chase and take a line with second and third. Possible, yes. And he points out Burrow and Chase, LSU teammates. Um, What I find interesting here is, right, you've got Cincinnati not taking Burrow's former uh, college teammate. And then one pick later, you've got the Dolphins not taking Tua's former teammate and the Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith, opting for Jamar Chase in this mock draft. So Jamar Chase has now really pulled away, I guess, as the, yeah. the clear number one receiver on the board. So, and, and, and we have it here, and I've seen a, a few other drafts like this where Devontae Smith could go all the way to the Giants at 11. To me, that's to me, that's a mistake for other teams. I, I'm I'm much higher on Devontae Smith, I think, than others are. Um, not that people aren't high on him. He's still one of the top receivers on the board, of course. But I, I like him a lot. And if he goes to 11, look out, man. I think that that would be a huge addition for the Giants. Don't you agree? Oh, no doubt about it, man. That, that would be an absolute steal for Daniel Jones to get somebody like Devontae Smith. They signed Kenny Galladay. They've got Kyle Rudolph. Um, they that would that would really give Jones a full complement of offensive weapons. And what would we say going into next season? We would say no more excuses for Daniel Jones. The Giants have given him enough to work with here to go win football games. Now can he deliver? Can he deliver? Look, that's the pressure on all young quarterbacks. You know, I think you get a little bit of a leash, and then that leash gets short real fast, especially when you play in New York. We we really just saw it happen with Sam Darnold, right? Like, you get a little leash, and then that leash is gone. So, but yes. And and by the way, I'm not a guy who was low on Darnold. I thought, and I said it a lot of times on this show, that he had the potential, I think, if you surrounded him with better weapons, certainly – he would have had more success. So I I wish him well uh, as he moves on now from the Jets. But similar to Daniel Jones, I think you've got to surround these guys with talent. We, we looked at, you know, Baker Mayfield, right? And we've talked about him on the show of how he was starting to look like maybe he's not going to pan out. And then all of a sudden the team gets better around him. You give him a little bit more time 
in NFL competition, all of a sudden he's pretty good. So you got to give these young quarterbacks time. And at the end of the day, man, rip it all up because the best ever you could get in the second round or the sixth round. And you just never know with this thing. Albany Firewolves are watching. We've got team president George Manius coming up later on in the show. One night in New York, man. What a night it was in New York City. David on Facebook says Ian Anderson, his cousin, pitched really well last night. Yeah, he sure did. And we are going to get into all of that next here on Honorado and Bagnardi with Kevin Herter and the Hawks at the Mecca and Ian Anderson and the Braves center stage at Yankee Stadium. That's coming up next right here on Honorado and Bagnardi. Happiness is found in simple things. The sun on your face, sharing laughs at the campground, getting wet, relaxing together, the love of family. There's never been a better time to go outside and play. Alpenhouse Pool Spa Boat and RV, bringing families together and creating memories since 1964. Teams. Athletes. Organizations. We're transforming the custom apparel industry through product and purpose. Claim your crown. And now, back to Honorado and Bagnardi. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. Our thanks to Alpenhouse, Andy Heck, who's a great guy, former Real Men, uh, fellow Real Men Wear Pink uh, of mine. And uh, our thanks to Alpenhouse for the support here. And you saw that spot from Novice Clothing Company as well. There it is, Bags. The t-shirt. Yep. Our masks, too. They made our Honorado and Bagnardi masks. Yep, for all your apparel needs uh, in the 518 and behind and beyond, noviceclothingcompany.com. By the way, we're that. showing off our Honorado Bagnardi gear. Yeah. Cupcakes we had, man. Know, man. How about that? What At least I had the cupcakes made for the show. I mean, that that's edible, by the way. That's not just you printed on paper. That is an edible Honorado and Bagnardi on that cupcake. Thanks to Coca Dots for that. Not a sponsor yet. Come on, sales team. Get on that. <laughs> Um, By the way, dude, I mean, if if you're if if Elisa wasn't enough out of your league already, yep. now she's just like rubbing your face in it by doing these things like getting cupcakes for the show premiere. Yep. So thank you to her for that. And thank you to Coca Dots. They're very good. Red Velvet for you. Oh, well, and is that a segue or what? That's a segue right there. I mean, that is a segue. How about last night in New York City? Ian Anderson and Red Velvet himself, Kevin Herter, both playing for Atlanta franchises against New York teams. I mean, just Ashley Miller said this at the station last night. There's a really good chance this never happens again because Ian's won every five days. The NBA schedule is not as long as the – it doesn't overlap a ton with Major League Baseball. There's a really good chance we never see this again. That was really cool. It's really cool. Part part of it – it's almost like this will get overlooked a little bit because it's kind of just like a novelty thing where it's just sort of a random coincidence, and that's why it will never happen again. But really think about this, man. Two two kids from our area 
from the same school who both made it. I mean, forget that they're Atlanta franchises, both made it to professional. And, and these guys are not just they made the pros, not that just made the pros is something you can really say. But these are legitimate talents. These are these are guys who are important to their teams. You're talking about starting lineup caliber talent for Kevin Herter and, and Ian Anderson, man, a, a guy who we saw pitch game seven of the championship series. Mm. I mean, this is these are top talents now. I, yeah, they're not all-star players. Maybe, maybe, maybe who knows? One day, you never know if they can make an all-star team. But these guys—it's more than just wow, they did it, they made it there. What these two guys are doing and doing at the same time—the fact they know each other and they're friends—this right. is an incredible story and really an incredible achievement that I think the whole Capital Region can and should be celebrating. Yeah, Herder was the center fielder. Yeah, for the Shen baseball team, when Anderson would pitch, they won. They won a state champ. I mean, Herder won a state championship as a basketball player and a baseball player. Pretty, pretty incredible. Anderson last night, his numbers were good. This was his best start bags of 2021, and he is still technically a rookie by Major League Baseball guidelines. Six and two thirds, four hits, four strikeouts, no runs. It's his first decision of the season. He's now 1-0 and after getting the win last night, the Braves beating the Yankees. And he lowered his ERA to 3-2-7. Wow. I mean, Anderson threw 10 starts, Shawnee. The numbers are so good for this guy. And if you break it down, just two career starts for Ian Anderson against the New York Yankees, look at these numbers. <laughs> yeah. One run allowed. And I mean, that one run he allowed in his first career start last year was the only hit he gave up. It was a Luke Voigt opposite field home run. So 12 and two thirds, 10 Ks, one run against the Yankees. You got a lot of Yankee fans right now who would tell you that they could go out and pitch six scoreless against the Yankees team. But that's a that's a different conversation. Um yeah, man. And, and another thing with these two guys, we've had both of them on the show before. We've had Herger on multiple times. They are really like genuinely just good guys, right? right? Humble guys who are just going out there, doing their job, working hard, and guys who you want to root for. You know, it'd be one thing if one of them was kind of a jerk, you know, but they're not. They're both really good guys who you want to see do well. I mean, I can't believe I'm sitting here saying this, but I find myself rooting for Ian Anderson. He's on the Atlanta Braves. I'm a huge Mets fan. And even last night, I was like, I'm rooting for the Yankees. I have to. I need the Braves. This is early in the season. I think the Braves are still going to be the biggest threat in the division. And then, nah, I'm rooting for Anderson, you know? By the way, I think we'll hear from the Rockman a lot throughout the show. Again, send your comments, Facebook and Twitter, and, and we'd love to interact with you. Yankees are not any good this year. How about this? This wasn't you, Bags, responding. Was This is Channel 13 going back at the Rock. And <laughs> you're right. They stink. Can't hit. They can't wrong. hit, and and the pitching, man, the ERA is not great, and you take Garrett Cole out of it, and it goes a lot higher. So, yeah, man, the, the Yankees certainly have some issues, but if we're going to talk a little bit about the Yankees here, can we please? Can I ask you a question? What month is it, Chris? This is still April. Thank you. Okay. So, I and I know, I'm a Mets fan. I've panicked in April. You cannot panic in April, and you can't get too excited in April. I mean, unless you're the, the Dodgers or something, right? You, you can't really look at this and say, yeah, this is a real reflection of where we're going to be. I'll ask you, would you rather be today, the Red Sox or the Yankees? I'd rather be the Yankees. Okay. 
I'd rather be the Yankees. You know who I wouldn't mind being, though? Who? Ian Anderson. Here he is after the game Wednesday night. Uh, again, six and two-thirds, zero runs allowed on the mound at Yankee Stadium with plenty of family there to see it. Yeah, I felt like I was trending in the right direction that, that you know this whole time. So uh, it was nice to be able to go out there and, and uh, you know, throw up some zeros and, and kind of get into the to the feel of the game. And, um, you know, I thought we played great defensively and, and did enough offensively. I shot my dad a quick text and then, then uh, you know, after the, the high fives, I was able to look up there and see him. So it was nice. His grandmother was there as well. First time uh, she has seen him pitch in person, he said, since high school. So obviously the first time she has seen him pitch as a major leaguer. Really, really cool night for the Anderson family. And you saw that picture on Twitter that his dad, Bob, shared uh, with his wife and Ian's mom, Karen, and, and grandmother, Beverly. Really, really cool. Yeah. And you don't want to overstate it, but this is a huge year for this guy, obviously. I mean, last year was so odd with the pandemic, right? Things were just so different than we've ever seen in the history of the game. I couldn't imagine breaking into the league under those kind of circumstances. But now for him, this is, I know you said still, this is year two. And now there's a scouting report on him, right? He's been through lineups and people have seen him and there's film on him. How big league players adjust, really how it happens in, in all sports is something I think that gets overlooked, but the, the league is going to adjust to him, and now it'll be up to him to adjust back, and that'll ultimately show us what kind of career this guy can have, what kind of success he can have long term. If he can make that adjustment back against the league and really wind up being as dominant as we've seen him at his best so far, then he could be obviously uh, he is a critical pitcher for the Atlanta Braves, but he could then propel himself to that next level. So very important in year two. And and if last night's any indication, he's on the right track. There is your Shen night in New York City, the side-by-side Kevin Herter and Ian Anderson. How about a note here on Herter bags before we take a quick timeout to get to the Albany Firewolves. Kevin Herter in the month of April has had his best month as a pro. And do you know how it started? It started with a goose egg, April 1st, against the Spurs. But we should have known that on April Fool's, Herter was just messing with us. Because after that goose egg, he's gone 11 straight games in double figures. He's averaging more than 14 points a game in the month of April. He has been absolutely phenomenal. And the Hawks have been one of the best teams, not just in the East, but in the NBA since Nate McMillan took over. They're hot, man. You see it fifth in the East, despite the loss to the Knicks. Look, they're a team, if they're healthy, you don't want to really deal with in the postseason now in the Eastern Conference, even as one of those better teams, because they can fill it up. Yep. Now, when we get to the playoffs and defense you know, starts being played in the NBA – uh, we'll see what happens and we'll see, you know, if they come down a little bit there. But yeah, they're a team right now, similar to the Knicks, that if you're one of those other, those top teams in the East where you look at Philly and and Brooklyn and Milwaukee, start looking at those teams are like, yeah, that that's not the best matchup for us. And then you got another team like Miami in there. You know, this is, this is going to be a competitive Eastern Conference in the postseason and team upstart teams like the Knicks and certainly the Hawks are going to play a role. 
All right, quick break here. We're back in less than a minute with Albany Firewolves team president, George Manius, good buddy of ours, and we're pumped up for a pro lacrosse franchise returning to the Capital Region. And this is a group of people, Bags, that knows how to do it. They do it right. It is going to be one heck of the product on the field, but a heck of a performance in and around the arena on game day for sure. Back with George Manius right after this on Honorado and Bagnardi. At Marcella's Appliance Center, our commitment is to you, providing essential appliances that families depend on for cooking, refrigeration, cleaning, and sanitation, plus appliance repair. You can have peace of mind that Marcella's is here for you today and every day, like we have been since 1957, helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, Genair, and many more. More. Shop Marcellus Appliance Center in store, online, or by phone. We're here for you. Depressed, overworked, job sucks, underappreciated. When life sucks, <laughs> just say Dillagaff. Our clothing line puts the FU back into fun. Nothing will give you greater satisfaction. Dillagaff isn't just an attitude it's a lifestyle some people ride the crazy train we drive that mother check out our selection at dillagaffusa.com and now back, back to, to honorado and Party. brought to you by, you by Open House. You're watching the premiere of Honorado and Bagnardi. Oh, there it is, the Firewolves. And uh, you know what's funny here is a buddy of ours, Bags, asked, is Chris that guy for wearing that shirt? Now, he's talking about this shirt. You are that Honorado guy. Honorado and Bagnardi shirt. Yeah. But, Maddie Torres, I will raise the ante and show you the Firewolves shirt. Okay? So not yeah. only am I that guy for wearing the shirt, I am that guy for holding up the shirt right you are doubly that guy so this is a small which you gave me yesterday to give to elisa which i appreciate but i was holding it up in the newsroom and and emily walked by me and was like that looks a little small for you i'm like yeah i would fill this out like the michelin man is what i would look like if i put this thing on so yes thank you for this shirt and thank you to george manius for providing us with a little bit of swag here all right, George is with us now here on Honorado and Bagnardi, the team president of the Albany Firewolves. George, man, it's good to see you. How are you, buddy? I'm great. I, I love the fact that you guys are lifting those shirts up in bags. I owe you a, what, a schmedium? Is that, is that what you want? Yes, yes. Something, that, something that makes me look uh, ripped. <laughs> yeah. got Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on this morning. George, congratulations on the new pro franchise here in the Capital Region, the Albany Firewolves. I know people are, are ready to go with this lacrosse team. It has become such a hugely popular sport in the Capital Region. For people who remember the attack, and you and I have gone through this here, why is this time and this team different? Yeah, I, I think you, you nailed it. It's the time, right? This was 20 years ago when the attack was here, and things have changed, not only in the world, but in the sport of lacrosse. It's a different game. It's much more faster. It's much more physical. Um, technology has changed. Uh, quite frankly, when the when the attack was here uh, 20 years ago, the team, unfortunately, wasn't very good on the field as well. Uh, but 
you know, our thought process when we named the team was we wanted to honor those who kind of paved our way. Um, so when we named the team the Firewolves, we really looked at several different options. One of them being the attack, because that was overwhelmingly, you know, what the fan base, um, you know, that, that followed the attack wanted us to do. Uh, but we wanted to create our own identity. We wanted to create our own unique brand and really kind of showcase who we are going to be both on and off the field. And what we liked best about the attack was the mascot, which was a wolf. Um, and as, as you guys are well aware, um, we purchased the team in Connecticut, relocated it here to Albany. That team was the Black Wolves. So we saw kind of a, a common denominator there. And we really loved the wolf and everything that that represented. Fierce, you know, loyalty, the pack mentality. Um, and then the other thing we wanted to do was pay that, you know, that homage to the community that invented the game, which was the indigenous community. And we, we reached out to them. And it's a big population, not only in New York State, but in the capital region. Um, and they gave us some great advice. You know, what represents that and how we could kind of pay homage to them. Uh, they talked to us about fire. And fire to them means... Um, when you think of a fireplace, a fire pit, it's a gathering place. It's where people come together, tell stories. We thought that would be ideal for obviously not only in our games and having people gather and come together, but it represents COVID and putting that in our rearview mirror and coming back as one, reuniting, gathering once again. And then ultimately, for me, you know, I, I really like the community aspect of what we do. And, and it really helps us you know, become one with that pack mentality into the community and we kind of coexist and really give back. And that's that's the ultimate goal. But more than anything on top of that, the boys and the players and the coaches love this because that fierceness of that wolf in our logo is intimidating. And that's what we want to be on the field as well. Yeah. So get into that a little bit. That's that's kind of the origin, the name. How about the branding and the logo specifically? What's the process that goes into creating that? Do you seek out help from certain graphics people? You know, how, how does that come to be? Yeah, we uh, we actually from the get go when we decided on the name based on everything I just mentioned there, um, we enlisted. We basically uh, hired a company called Upside Collective, and it's a local company right here in downtown Albany, literally across the street from the Times Union Center, that does a lot of work for us. Um, you know, on our game day programs and our, our replays and our videos and everything else that we we do to put off the game entertainment experience. But a big part of what they do is branding, website creation, things like that. And we, um, we basically engaged them to, to work with us right the second we, we kind of put the story together. Um, and they, there was many different uh, variations of the logos and from uh, good to bad, uh, a million, you know, million different versions that we kind of honed in um, and created this one. And this one really was, uh, for us, it's what we want to be represented as when, when a team comes into our community, into our den, and, you know, we want that intimidation factor, but we also wanted to tell the story, sell merchandise, all that fun stuff as well. All right, George. So for people who are maybe not big lacrosse fans, they don't know the NLL. Certainly people are going to have to learn box lacrosse a little bit. Tell us a little bit about this team, because this is not an expansion franchise, which we keep reminding people. This, this was the New England Black Wolves. This was the number one seed in the NLL playoffs before the season was shut down. What type of team is Albany getting here? Well, I'll first start with the difference between the outdoor game and the indoor game. So field lacrosse, outdoor lacrosse is what most people are used to with the PLL, which is we're coming off the heels of a great announcement that, you know, their schedule just came out. They're coming to Albany for a weekend in August. And, you know, we're going to be tied into that. And, you know, some of the uh, a lot of the NLL players actually play in that league during their season. So there is a tie in. But the indoor game, which is 
also known as the box game. Uh, it's a different game. It's it's think of obviously it's in a hockey rink. It's indoor. It's so think of what that does when you shrink a field from an outdoor game to an indoor game. It it creates really the speed of the game. It's a lot of transition back and forth. There's you know a hundred shots a game. There's you know fifteen twenty goals a game, um, and it becomes more physical and it really becomes uh, you know a very fast back and forth type of a game. Uh, it's kind of a combination of lacrosse, basketball, and hockey. Um, it's, it's such a great sport. And I think the fans will fall in love with the game. Um, if they're not used to the game, you know, same type of mentality, come for the party, we'll throw a great event and you're going to fall in love with our players and you're going to fall in love with the game. And to your point, Chris, we, we basically purchased and relocated the number one team in the league. So the expectations are most of our guys will be back. There is an expansion draft that will happen. Um, but most of our guys will be back and we intend to, you know, buy for a championship very quickly and, and be competitive at the very least. So I assume you're still working some of this out, but okay, I'm a I'm a fan. You you got me. You just sold me on. I'm gonna go check out this lacrosse thing. I'm not. I don't know as much about it, but I'm gonna go check it out. What else am I gonna get when I go out to the Times Union Center? What what's gonna be surrounding the game? What can I expect from that kind of party environment that you're talking about? I think the first thing to say is like, get out of the house finally, right? Like people are able to get out again and that should be, you know, number one, you know, you're able to get out and socialize and, and root for your team in Albany. We have a team, you know, this is your team um, first and foremost. Secondly, unfortunately the, the, the timing of the season, it starts in December. So that doesn't bode well for outdoor block parties um, like what you're used to seeing me throw. Um, but what we've done and what we're developing at this stage is indoor. Uh, so there's going to be an announcement uh, in two weeks of a, a partner that we put together that's going to sponsor our atrium parties. We're going to call it something completely different um, with a sponsor behind it. Uh, but basically take the, the block party outdoor mentality, bring it into the brand new atrium that the Times Union has. We'll, we'll absolutely have live bands and DJs and we'll program that. So it'll be very fun and interactive there. Um, the good news about that also is when the season truly hardcore matters, when we're making a playoff run, that will be in April and May. The weather will break at that point, and then we will be able to have outdoor block parties at that particular stage as well. So there will be block parties based on weather. Um, but then once you get into the game, and after that, you know, the party that we're throwing pregame, once you get into the game, remember everything that you're used to with what we've done in the past, right? So I will have a dance team. We'll have the mascot. We'll have promotional activity on the field that stoppages of plays. There's going to be the good news with the, the NLL is during during play, you can play music. You can have that chant thing, you know, the chance, different chants going as well. Um, so there'll be it'll be a fun, upbeat environment that'll be both catered towards family, fun, friendly environment, especially with the cost of some of our tickets. But also it'll cater towards the people who want to have a good time. Um, and all this, I believe, you know, like what will happen is like people will come. As I mentioned, they want to get out. They want to you know put COVID behind them. Uh, but we'll throw one heck of a party. There'll be one heck of a team on the field. And then what we're going to do in the community will really kind of entrench our players and our coaches into the community. They'll fall in love with the guys. We're going to win championships and, and, and you know, life's going to be good again. Winning titles is what you do. What, two with the Penguins in Pittsburgh and obviously with the Albany Empire here. But hang on, George. Hang on. Before you dismiss the possibility of outdoor fun in December, how about an ice bar? Oh, uh, you need to be on my marketing department. I like <laughs> that idea. I don't know if the rest of the fans will be, <laughs> it will, uh, you know, stay around for that, but I love it. That's a good thought. 
Yeah, ice bar. George, thank you so much for the time, man. I know you're busy. You still a lot of a lot of work going on behind the scenes, but uh, I know we'll be in touch and uh, and we'll see you plenty on TV as well, buddy. I appreciate the support, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you, George Lanius from the Albany Firewolves, with us here on Honorado and Bagnardi and Bags. One thing that I'm not sure a lot of people got to see um, at the official unveiling of the franchise name was a hype video that the Firewolves had put together. We've got it here, Bags, and and let's let's show it to the people. We're standing by. <laughs> There once was a tale, a tale of an ancient game, one played with skill, with power, with speed. On the banks of these wide waters, in the forests of these mountains, it united us, engaged our spirit, and ignited our competitive fire. Now, once again, we will gather around the fire in this arena, our den. On this turf, our hunting ground. We play once more as professional indoor lacrosse comes home again to the capital region. Introducing your Albany. That gets you fired up. Does that get you fired up, man? Get the rally towels and rally tees going, man. I am ready. Holy yeah. cow. That makes you want to just jump out of your seat and go hit somebody with a lacrosse stick, doesn't it? That is well, awesome. You know, take a breath because the season doesn't start till December. So pace yourself. <clears throat> okay, sorry. Pace yourself. That, that is a hype video. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. Yeah, really, really cool. Uh, that was George Manius with us here on Honorado and Bagnardi, the team president. Um, you can check them out on all social channels, and uh, and I'm sure you can jump on the ticket train already uh, for that team if you're so inclined. They're going to pack the Times Union Center. It's going to be a great thing to see because it feels like forever ago that we had those slammed Albany Empire games, that we had concerts, that we had, and I mean, I'm, I was at Siena and Albany games this past winter in, in basketball, speaking specifically of indoor events, and you just missed the fans. Yeah. So Dude, it's, December it's time. with that can't come soon enough. No, it's time. And it, it's great that we're seeing increased capacity in stadiums and arenas across the country, really just in time to for the NBA playoffs, right? In about a month. <clears throat> excuse me, we're going to have some legitimate crowds at these games, which is great. Are we going to have fans at the draft? Talking about the NBA draft? No, the NFL draft. Oh, in Cleveland? I don't know what they're going to do fans there or not. You know what I love? I always love watching the fans at the draft because you got you got guys who, you know, after the top 15, they don't know anybody, right? So you got your guy standing there in his, like, his Carolina Panthers jersey. And, he's, and they show him, and it's like, you know, with the 20-something pick, the Panthers select uh, cornerback Mike Smith from Chicatagua State. And then, and then the guys, the, the fans are always like, oh, yeah. So it's one of two reactions. It's either, this is absurd, or you get the reaction of like, good move. 
Right. Yeah, no idea who it is. Improving the secondary. Oh, I like good it. Good pick. Not many yeah. people were watching that guy, but I think that's a good pick. Yeah. You know what they're saying? They're saying, I read that on a mock draft somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There were a thousand of those that I read in the lead up. Hey, speaking of the NBA, you mentioned the NBA playoffs coming around the corner. One team, right, that is certain to make the postseason this year, it's all because of coaching. We're back on Honor Auto and Bagnardi right after this. Nutrition is 80% of a healthy lifestyle. With four locations on the 518, Bold has you covered. Delicious? I think that's a yes. It's never been easier or more affordable to eat healthy. Salads with 17 dressings to choose from. Acai bowls with unlimited toppings. Power grain bowls, oatmeals, smoothies, artisan toasts, and Belgium waffles. Live bold seven days a week. At work, home, or on the go. Dine in, grab and go, pick up or delivery. Live bold, eat bold. And now, back to Honorado and Bagnardi. Brought to you by Alpen House. I'm Roger Wyland. If the uh, New York Knicks make the playoffs and barring the unforeseen, they're going to make the playoffs. Could be a dangerous out in that opening round. Look, offensively, it can be a struggle at times, right? Uh, but Julius Randle has been good, and Barrett has been good, and quickly off the bench has been good. If they can find enough offense, they're really good defensively, right? Number one team defensively in the NBA. They rebound and defend at a high level. When was the last time we saw a New York Knicks team defend and rebound at a high level? Credit Tom Thibodeau. That is what he has installed in this team from the get-go. And the fact that they've got 30-plus wins is something that I don't think anybody could have forecasted before the season began. Watch for the Knicks. When the postseason gets here, they could be a dangerous team. And for two reasons. They defend and they rebound. And you'll see Roger each and every week here on Honor Auto and Bagnardi with his quick take. And Bags, that is spot on. One, the Knicks are going to make the playoffs. Two, this is credit due to Tom Thibodeau. Finally, the Knicks get the head coach right. Yeah, man. Serious coach of the year contender here. Roger did nail it. Here's the, here's the thing for the Knicks. You can win games in the regular season by playing defense and rebounding. The two okay. things Roger pointed out the Knicks are doing. I worry about them in the playoffs when everybody starts playing defense and starts rebounding. That being said, they get there, they're kind of playing with house money, right? Because the whole thing with the Knicks is this. It's about building that culture. Because New York City is already the destination, right? Madison Square Garden is the mecca, as you pointed out. You can attract superstars on that alone if you've got the culture in place as well. Yep. So similar to what Brooklyn did, they were terrible. They were in the tank. They had no draft picks after the, the Pierce Garnett trade. What have we seen them do? They built a culture by bringing in a new GM, Sean Marks, and Kenny Atkinson to coach, and they built it up. They got some young talent. They created a culture of winning, and then – the timing was right, and they were the destination for the big superstars that they have now with Kyrie and Durant, and then were able to trade for Harden. But the Knicks, that they can follow a similar model here just by creating that culture. If you have an identity now, which the Knicks finally have, the identity is not the train wreck. That's been the Knicks' identity. Now the identity is, no, we're Coach Tibbs' team. 
We're going to defend. We're going to rebound. We're going to play hard every single night. Now you become that destination when the timing is right to bring in some superstars. Are you going to get a superstar who wants to play for a coach as heavy-handed as Tibbs? Could be. I mean, I think Jimmy Butler was okay playing for Coach Tibbs, and he's a guy I would classify as a superstar. No doubt. Yep. So, yeah, I think it's possible. The Knicks do have to be careful here, though. If they miss out on superstars or continue to, you don't want to wind up in that four to seven range for several years where you're good, but you're not good enough to compete for a championship and you're not bad enough to really position yourself well in the draft. That's the one area of concern when you have that sort of middle of the road playoff team, but not year one. And then that's what this is in, in this rebuild. Year one, get to the playoffs be a tough out in the first round, maybe even win a first round matchup. Look, if they're a four or five against, uh, I don't know, any team that's really in the middle of the road in the East, they've got a legit shot to come out of that. Now, beyond that, I think it gets really difficult because of what I said earlier with the other teams playing defense and rebounding, right? But at that point, you're playing with house money. Is this guy a superstar? Why aren't we talking about Julius Randle as a legit MVP candidate. A lot of traction for Steph lately. He had that stretch of 30-plus point games, consecutive games where he was making at least 10 threes. He's been unbelievable, Steph Curry has. Of course, there's always energy behind a Giannis, a LeBron, guys who have missed time with injuries this year. You can throw James Harden on that list as well. Joel Embiid has got to be the number one candidate right now for MVP with Donovan Mitchell a close second. You and I have talked about Mitchell and how he doesn't get enough love for the Utah Jazz being the number one team in the league. But what about Julius Randle? Shouldn't he maybe not win MVP bags but finish top five this year? He leads in all the major statistical categories for the New York Knicks, points, rebounds, and assists per game. I'm talking about 24 points a game, 10.5 boards, and six assists from the big man. And oh, by the way, has he developed an outside game or what? He has unbelievably made six threes Wednesday night to beat the Hawks. Yeah. I'm, he's definitely an all-star, and he is an all-star. He, all-star. Okay. Yeah. All-star. Well, okay, but there's a difference between that all-star talent and that superstar talent that you're talking about here. MVP, no. Not this season. He's had a, he's had a good year. He's been the best player on the team for sure, and he is a – He's an extremely valuable player. He's not the MVP uh, because of some of the other guys you mentioned. I think you're right. It's Joel Embiid at this point. But he's not the superstar you're going to move forward with. He's not He's not a guy who you can give the ball to in the last second and, and go win you a game, right? I don't trust him to take that big of a shot. He's he, He's a very good player. He's been the best player on this team. He's emerged as an all-star. He's a guy you want as a good second or third option on a championship team, right? That's go get a big superstar. Add a really good point guard to that mix or another really good talent and have him paired with them. He's not the guy you start at number one and then build around. He's a guy who you have as a piece to hopefully attract somebody else who's a number one, and he's part of what you build around that guy. Yeah, you're right. He has made game-winning shots this year, though. He's he has, come up big in the clutch. I'm not saying that I'm choosing him to be the guy I want finishing every game for my team. I need a I need a true bona fide superstar 
yes. with the New York Knicks team and let Randall play off that person, let quickly play off that person, get Mitchell Robinson help. They have pieces here. RJ Barrett has stepped up his game this year. Yeah, they, they have pieces that they're developing that if they can bring in that ultimate superstar, yeah, I think it would change everything. The culture is shifting. It's not about winning even a playoff series this year for me. If I'm the New York Knicks, it's about changing the culture, which obviously we've already seen them successfully do. I'm not making a case for Randall to be the MVP, but I'm just asking why aren't we talking about him? As an All NBA player this because year, because you just said you're not, you can't make the case for him. That's why we're not talking about it. Yeah, but are you really going to make a strong enough case for a guy like Steph Curry? Golden State may not make the playoffs. Well, they're look, I, they're going to make the play-in tournament, which is the playoffs, I guess. Yeah. And then yeah. look out. I mean, they get there. That then it's just you got to win one game or two games to get to really get in, and they could certainly do that. I mean, Steph on any given night could just go off. Or on every given night, he could just go off, apparently. What he's doing now is at such a, a different historic level that it's insane. I mean, the the 10 plus threes in a game, the stats, he's got he's got more than 20 in his career. The next guy only has five. That's Clay Thompson in the history of the NBA. And Steph has more than that in this season alone. It's just insane. He is he is the best shooter the game has ever seen. I think we can really cement that now, right? He's the best outside shooter the game has ever seen. Oh, no question. He had 47 Saturday night, last Saturday night against the Celtics, and I tweeted during the game, Steph Curry is still the most entertaining player in the NBA. He's He's not the best, but he. if if I'm spending money, I mean, you want to see LeBron just because of his greatness, but if I'm spending money, give me Steph Curry every single time. The guy, his... First of all, the shooting ability, like you mentioned, phenomenal. It's insane. I don't think there's anybody in the league who has a better handle. And we're going to talk about, you know, LaMelo Ball um, and even Chris Paul at, at his advanced age, if you will. Guys with great handles. Kyrie. Kyrie, for sure. Yeah. Curry still has the best handle in the NBA. What he's able to do with the basketball off the dribble is un. Believable. That's why I think he's still the most entertaining guy in the league. I can't tell you that he isn't. I lean Kyrie just because I see him every night and I see how he handles the basketball. Um, but that's a toss-up. You can go either way. But let me ask you this: Where does Kai? Where does excuse me, Curry fall in terms of if you were going to start a franchise? How many guys would you still take ahead of him? Because there are a number of them. There's no doubt. I mean, look, if age is coming in. As a factor here, let's say it's not. Let's say you got one year to win. How many guys are you still putting ahead of him? You're still putting LeBron ahead of him. You're still putting Durant ahead of him for sure. Yep. yep. I mean, Harden? No. Not for me. Okay. Not for me. All right. Giannis. Uh, I, would, I would, I would, nope. I would put Curry over Giannis. Embiid? Maybe. Yeah. That's what I mean. He's great. He's a guy. We're only taking maybe three or four guys before him. He's still a top five, six player in the NBA. He is, but he can't win a championship by himself. Who can? And you look at I get it, but you look at him by himself and where the team is. I get it in a competitive Western conference. And it does, it does tell you how difficult it is to win because even what he is doing, 
the team overall, in spite of that, it's not like they're a top four team in the West. We're talking about them making the play-in tournament, right? So it tells you how hard it is to win. The, the sad thing about this season for me is if Clay is healthy, what is that team? Where do they play into the Western Conference? Yeah. But as it stands now, it's an interesting wrinkle if they get in through the play-in tournament of them being a first-round matchup for a team like the Lakers, for instance, one of those top teams in the West, the Jazz, whatever, who, if you're the Lakers, you know, are you fully healthy at that point? How many time, how, how many games has everybody played together? And you feel like you have that chemistry going to really repeat as champions. Um, they could be a, a tough out. I don't see them pulling off an upset, but making it more of an interesting first round battle than you would expect in that seeding difference. This is the premiere of Honorado and Bagnardi. By the way, all of a sudden, I'm on the surface of the sun here. I'm not sure what happened. No, this you're making me look tan. You look. This is the work from home environment. Uh, but it is the premiere of Honorado and Bagnardi on the News Channel 13 social media platforms. Also on my four, you can catch us each and every week. Chris Honorado, Sean Bagnardi, and we've got some thank yous here on our way out the door bags before we say goodbye for the day. First of all, our general manager at Channel 13, it all starts with Steve Baboulis, his belief in this show, and uh, inexplicably the two of us. Nobody can really figure that one out yet, but thank you to Steve for getting the ball rolling on this show and, and bringing us over uh, to where we work anyway at Channel 13 uh, as a sports reporter and as a news producer. Um, so thanks to Steve, our entire sales team, uh, which has done a great job getting this show in front of people. And it starts with Kevin Tuhill and Jim Stagnitti. Thank you guys for your belief and your support uh, of this show. And I think the people who deserve the most thanks, right? And I can say this, even though the three I just mentioned are bosses of ours, my fiance, Ashley, your girlfriend, Elisa, for right. putting up with the two of us in launching this show during a pandemic. Uh, we owe them all the gratitude for sure. First of all, Ashley, you you owe her. I mean, you need to pay her for a full time job for all the work she's put in. But real quick, a couple other people at work: Kate Corey, the two Justins and promos, John Conlon and graphics. They have yep. all helped us help make us look better than we are. So thank you to them as well. Awesome. Thanks for watching, everybody. You are watching Honorado and Bagnardi on the News Channel 13 social media platforms as well as on my 